0: What do you give the God who has everything? Right? The God who holds the entire universe in existence, what do you give him that he doesn't already have? Yourself. Yes, that's right, because you, unlike almost everything else that he created, you are not his by default. You are, in one sense, as in He's holding you in existence, and were it not for His love, poof, you're gone. But He doesn't force you into relationship with Himself. You, unlike almost all the rest of creation, have free will. You can choose to give yourself to the Lord or to withhold that gift, and He respects your choice for all of eternity. Right? He isn't going to force himself upon you after death if you spent your whole life saying, no, God, I want nothing to do with you. And it's that point, that point of trying to call us into a gift of self, which is an all-or-nothing gift, right? You can't be halfway married to a person. You can't be only halfway the son or daughter of someone. It's all-or-nothing It's that that beautiful call to relationship and to self-gift that the Lord highlights in today's gospel. He says, Amen, I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all the other contributors to the treasury, for they have all contributed from their surplus wealth. But she, from her poverty, has contributed all she had, her whole livelihood. That word that's translated livelihood, the original Greek of this gospel is bios, as in biology, the study of living things. Bios means life. She gave her whole life in giving just those measly few cents. But in that, she's painted a hero by God. Jesus shows that in that self-gift, She's done that for which every human life was created. To be able to use our intellect and our freedom to freely choose to give ourselves back to the Lord who's given us everything. And, and, and when we make a gift of ourself to the Lord, we're just responding to his earlier gift of self. Right? The beautiful thing that we read about in the second reading is that Christ was the first one to make an offering of Himself to us. His invitation for us to give of ourselves, that's a response. We read that Christ offered once to take away the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to take away sin, but to bring salvation to those who eagerly await Him. You see, when Jesus says, give everything, He's never outdone in generosity. So when he says, give all that you are and all that you have to me, as in put it at my disposal, let me guide you, let me be the one who is in control, he does that having built up credibility, built up trust, by first giving his very life, the blood in his veins, the breath in his lungs, the love in his heart for you. He said, I'm all in, and now he asks you, are you all in? Because a lot of relationships will break down, not because each side isn't pulling 50-50. No, relationships are supposed to be what? 100-100. One side gives 100% and the other one says, well, if I can count on her 100%, maybe I'll give, I don't know, 60. That 60 becomes 30. That 30 becomes a measly 10 of saying, like, she's going to pull the weight here, okay? She's 100% in, so I can take a back seat. It might go that way or vice versa, but that's the beginning of the breakdown of a relationship. Our Lord is saying, at every Mass, when He offers Himself to us, He's saying, I am in 100%. Are you? We can gauge whether or not we're 100% in by, do I live out my Catholic faith? Like, fully, or do I just pick and choose? If I were to go through the catechism and look at the teachings of the church, would it be mm, about 80% of those I'm on board with, but the other 20%, come on, get with the times. The Lord is asking you to come all in. He doesn't require you to have all that much to give. You don't necessarily have to have all the gifts and talents, the biggest sphere of influence, all the money in the bank, all these things to put at his disposal. No, he's happy if all you have and all that you are, in your eyes, amounts to a few measly cents. That's enough. Because what he is concerned about is that you're all in, not that you have so much to give. Because you're all in, you're everything, he can multiply into something beautiful. And we read that in the first reading today. First reading, we find Elijah in a desperate situation. This great prophet of the Lord sent to bring back his people into relationship with him. He was so close to despair. He was at the point of death. And God sent him this widow Right? The, the widows are the ones that are the heroines in today's gospel and reading. He sends this widow, and this widow is at the point of desperation as well. Right, What does she say when Elijah asks for food, just a little bit of food to be able to survive that day? She says, I barely have enough for my son and myself to have one more meal, and it's going to be our last. Just have a little bit of flour in the jug. In the jar, a little bit of oil in the jug, and that's it. I got nothing more. Just like the other widow, she's got almost nothing to give. And yet, the Lord, through Elijah, challenges her: says, What you have to give, give it. Charity first, your own concern second. It's so opposite to the way that most of us, I think, most of the time live. Myself, at least. To my shame, I have to stand here at the pulpit and say, more often than not, I'm thinking, okay, first I've got to take care of kind of my plans, my ideas, my stuff, and then I can get to this radical call that the Lord has to me. How often are we in that situation where we say, no, 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 first I've got to take care of me and mine, after that, Lord, whatever you want. And then we wonder why there are no miracles. We think, well, God worked these miracles in the Old Testament. He worked these miracles in the New Testament in the lives of the saints. But he seems to be coming up empty with me. Because here, he multiplies the little that she has. She ends up choosing courageously, heroically. She says, yes, okay, I will first first give what I have to the Lord in this moment. She does. And then what happens? The jar of flour shall not go empty nor the jug of oil run dry until the day when the Lord sends rain upon the earth, Elijah says. And then she was able to eat for a year and he and her son as well. The jar of flour did not go empty nor the jug of oil run dry as the Lord had foretold through Elijah. We see this miracle and we say, well, where's mine? Well, at least in my case, I can point to... When have I had that level of trust? Well, when have I truly said, okay, God, you first, me second? Because that's where we see those miracles. Unless we're willing to take that leap of faith, we can't be caught in the arms of the Lord. If we're desperately clinging and saying, no, no, I won't jump, I don't trust you enough yet, then how can we ever expect him to catch us? The Lord requires all. That we in this relationship be all in. That all that we have and all that we are is His. For Him to dispose of. That my life, my family, my finances, my friendships, every single relationship I have, that I give it to Him and say, do with this as you will. This gospel today, where this widow, much like the widow in the Old Testament, gave her very life to the Lord. It, it's been one that over the centuries the saints have gone back to and thought of vocation. right The state of life to which God calls us. That path to holiness into heaven that he has for every single one of us. The traditional different categories have been um, marriage and family as one of them. Uh, the single life lived in the world, so not being married but living a good and chaste life that's one as well. Becoming a religious sister and devoting your life to being a bride of Jesus Christ, that's one. Becoming a religious brother and so saying, yes, poverty, chastity, obedience, I'm going to live in this as perfect as possible imitation of the Lord Jesus who was poor, who was chaste, and who was obedient to the will of the Father. There's another one. And then priesthood, Right, Being one with Christ the high priest in serving his bride, the church. These different paths are different ways that we can give our bios to the Lord, that we can give our life, all that we have and all that we are. Just like the widow in the New Testament, just like the widow in the Old Testament, we only have a very little to give. Just this one life. I I don't have multiple lives. I can give this one here or this one there. It's one life. And my choice is, do I give it to the Lord, or do I keep it to myself? If I give it to the Lord, it extends unto eternity. If I keep it for myself, it dies with me. If my dreams are only as big as I can imagine right now, they're not going to extend unto eternity. But if I open up my mind to the possibilities God may have for me, wow, that can echo unto eternity. And so our questions today are twofold. First, In my state in life, married, single, priest, religious, uh, husband, father, uh, wife, mother, whatever, am I giving my all to the Lord? Within the path that I already find myself on, do I give all? If not, what am I holding back? Where do I say to God, okay, the rest you can have, but this I can't trust you with. Maybe the size of my family, maybe the state of my finances, maybe some of the toxic relationships that I have, maybe some of the habits that I have, whether it be online or the things that I watch, maybe my connection with my phone. So many different things. Sometimes the very thing that we withhold from God is what he wants more or most, and that's our sins. We cling to them. We say, no, 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 no. nobody could ever know. God, I know that you already know, but I'm not going to go to confession, okay? I'm just going to keep this here because I'm ashamed of it. And God says, give it to me. I, I want your all. By that, I mean the good, the bad, and the ugly. I want even your sins so that I can forgive that and free you from it rather than have you be enslaved by this burden. So the first question is, am I all in? If not, where do I need to change? Second, am I helping those over whom I have some kind of influence to pursue the will of God? This week is National Vocations Awareness Week. It starts today and extends through this whole next week. And the greatest gift that you can ever give to your children, to your grandchildren, to anybody that you have some kind of an effect over, is to help them pursue the will of God. Too often I hear even good Catholic families that are totally okay if their kids want to go to church and want to have a family of their own. But the moment that they mention a religious vocation, they're like, whoa, 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 hold on. Okay, I need grandkids. (laughs) All right, I'm sorry, but you're not going to be a sister. I get it. You love Jesus, but no. And it's the saddest thing in the world because in that moment you are teaching your child God is not to be trusted all the way. Maybe on some things. Maybe we can give him an hour a week, a few more minutes each day. But you can't give your whole bios, your whole life to him. The most beautiful thing that we can ever do for someone is to help them to pursue the will of God. So I pray that we can be that kind of a community. That even if maybe it it seems to us like it's coming out of nowhere, that someone is saying, you know what, I'm interested in religious life. I'm interested in the priesthood. We can support them in that. We could say, you know what? This God is worthy of of your trust. He's worthy of your life. Absolutely. How can I help you to pursue the will of this God who loves you so much? In doing that, we commit ourselves as a community to being all in. Each of us individually and all of us collectively, we ask that God grant us the grace to be as all in on this relationship as he is with us. Because at every single mass, when you see me lift up that host to heaven with that precious chalice, at that moment I am offering to the Father the self-gift of the Son. And woe is me if at that moment I don't offer myself up freely as well. If I say, no, 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 Jesus can take, the, he, he can take this relationship, um, he, he can do his part, but I'm not going to do mine. I'm going to offer Jesus, but I'm not going to offer myself. No, at that moment, all of us are called to, together, lift ourselves up and say, God, all that I am and all that I have, it's yours. Because you are worthy of my trust, because you offered yourself first. Because of that, because of that love, I am willing to follow the widow. And just as she gave her whole life for you, so I give my whole life to you. All of my plans and all of my ideas all of my beliefs, everything that I am and everything that I have is yours because you have loved me so much that all that you have and all that you are, you have given for me first.